0: to? Who was the original audience? And what was the message that was taking place to the original audience? So today, you're the audience. And today, culture, is uh, current culture connects uh, in a tremendous way with movies. Not so much uh, as stories or occupations or things like that, but movies. And so Jesus' style of communication was to leverage culture to communicate timeless truths. And we're simply doing the same thing through this series. And in today's World, sometimes it's hard to to compete and even more so captivate um, the the culture we're in. Better than through the use of a movie. Movies are just absolutely and totally captive. How many of you like movies? All right, my, a lot of y'all, as my wife would say. Um, in fact, my wife and I just on a whim, because everything was all kind of uh, wrapped up and ready to go for this morning, we just, 20 minutes before a movie started, we took off and, and head, headed to uh, the movie theater just to check out a movie, which we haven't done in a while. But um, kind of going back to go forward, last week we, we opened up with a movie and it made me think I need to do something a little pastoral with you this morning. Last week we kind of touched a nerve, but at the same time we healed some hearts, is everybody, who was here last week? If you were here last week, good and high. Okay, so a lot of people came back. That's a good sign, Pastor. Um, <laughs> praise the Lord. 20, 20 people, I was going to say some odd people, some of them that were odd perhaps, but uh, some odd people uh, had a heart transplant. They got a new heart. God touched their heart and gave them a new heart, spiritually speaking. And so I kind of have a little, I, I would call this kind of a non disclaimer disclaimer. <laughs> Uh, and this is this is inherited. This, this is something that has been a, a hallmark of our ministry for over thirty years. But we kind of believe, and I'll unpack this. We need to go there to kind of get there. We 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 touch on. will we'll. It may feel evasive initially, but once once the heart is uh, the 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 rib cage is open, we're very sensitive when we're and delicate when we're dealing with someone's heart. We so so some of the the. Um, the methods that we'll use are sometimes maybe intense. Some of the scenes that you may see today, sometimes the discussion and, and 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 conversation that we're having publicly, it might be intense. And you might say, well, why are we doing this in church? You know why? Because it's the best place to get healed and whole. That's why. And so we, we don't want to just connect, tolerate problems and pain. We want to obliterate and heal them. And so I encourage you, you know, to experience this message knowing that there might be some intensity to it on the front end but there there might be some deliverance on the back end there might be some difficulties processing on the front end but there might be some deliverance and and, and just and just transformation uh, on the back end and if you embrace it and so that's just kind of how we are and how we roll and, and I I don't intentionally mean to offend anyone or harm anybody's um. Uh, 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 emotions or be, and I don't want to even talk about it too much because you'll get braced, okay? I just want to be honest. This is how we roll here. And so um, the one of the uh, the second scene in this in this particular message today is probably the most intense, but I'm telling you, uh, people left after our first service and their lives were changed. And I believe the same can happen for you. So I want to pray. Would you join me as we pray? God, I ask, we've prayed already, but I'm asking for a specific uh, a more narrow bandwidth to this prayer. Would you, uh, would you come in in a profound way? We we we've prayed already, but I ask for an open heaven, an open heaven. There be a direct connection, like a DSL, just like cable, at another level connection between your heart and our heart today. Pour in your truth, rewire and recalibrate and reboot whatever needs to be rebooted in our lives. And I pray that on our end, Lord, because. It's all about our hearts at the end of the day. I pray that we open our heart to your open heaven and do a miracle this morning in some people's lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. You can roll that first clip. As we kind of set the stage for the rest of the movie, um, I think you would all agree that there are moments in, and memories in your life where they're just good. It's like good times, you know, some amazing experiences and family vacations and, and, and you know, meals together with loved ones and things like that. And, and they're good. And you reflect upon those and you have, you have uh, kind of a nostalgic uh, some, uh, experience sometimes. Something triggers something for you and it's good. But there are other times where there are, there are memories in our life and moments in our life where it wasn't so good. And life, life um, hits us hard, you know, and it, it's impactful and, and powerful and very strong in our lives. And I would submit to you that when you contrast those two situations, that there's one side where we learn a lot more from than the other side. In other words, I, I submit to you that m- most of us learn more from the difficulties in our life than we do from, let's just say, the, the good times, the good times roll. Yeah, we want them to roll. But really, it's sometimes those hard times where there's there's a lesson to be learned and there's something in life that's meant to teach us something. And and today, like when you go into this, I want it to be more than entertainment. I want it to be an encounter. And so I'm asking you to try to ask God to help you learn from the story. We've, we've, we've prayed that even the whole worship experience would, would help you really encounter this story in a personal way. And I, and I submit to you this, that you don't wait to learn something for yourself from life hitting you hard. In other words, r- real wisdom is learning from your mistakes or learning from your experiences, but but the highest level of wisdom is learning from the mistakes or the experiences of someone else. So put yourself in this story as you go forward and ask yourself questions as we journey through this particular message on how you would handle things and what you would do in certain situations. But as you go forward, and even when you leave today, I hope that one central theme comes through from beginning to end and beyond is that as you leave this place, and this is in your notes, that that the big idea is kind of this, that Jesus came for us, for you, me, Editorially speaking, he came for us on a rescue mission. Everybody say, rescue. Rescue. He came from heaven to earth to rescue us. There was a divine, there was a disconnect between humanity and a holy God. And Jesus came to give all that he had to rescue us. He came, the scripture says, to seek and to save that which was lost. And you might even be here today and say, Well, I'm not lost. I'm not lost. And I, and I, I beg to differ. I think whether you know that you're lost or not, there'll be a day you realize that you were or are lost. Scripture tells us in John 15, 5, that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Well, pastor, our, you know, uh, sir, I'm doing a lot of things on my own. Well, I, I would say that it looks that way. On this side of your difficulty, your trial, your 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 maybe even tragedy, your your tsunami. On this side of your tsunami, it looks like things are going fine for you, but you might be, and I don't know if this is the perfect illustration, but you might actually seem like you got forward momentum, but you're just hydroplaning, and you don't know that a crash could be right around the corner. We all need God. We can't keep him in the back seat or out of the car indefinitely, and I believe all of us will eventually come to realize that, and my goal is that we realize that as soon as possible. Sometimes there are situations and circumstances that that help with this process. They, they show us how much, how desperately, and I stress desperately, we need God, and how much, actually, we need each other, because God created us as interdependent, not independent or codependent beings, but interdependent beings. And, and some of us realize that in our situations and our circumstances. Sometimes we realize that the situations and circumstances that hit us real hard are trying to tear us apart and divide and conquer and overcome us. But, but God is there to help us through these situations and save us. And as you, as you engage today's service, I hope you see in a vivid way that no matter what you're going through, God came to this world in all of its chaos, and it is chaotic, even when it might seem temporarily peaceful in your little world. The world itself is in chaos. He came to rescue. He actually came to reunite us with himself and each other. And he's the God of hope. And when all hope seems gone, he's there. Human hope actually is a distraction in some cases, a distortion from what God intended. It leaves us empty at the end. But hope in God never leaves us empty or unfulfilled. And so this message is really dedicated to people who need who need hope. And I hope anybody within the sound of my voice or beyond this through other means can, can, can embrace hope. Jesus said some strong words, and he didn't hold back and that's what i loved about him that's what i that's one of the reasons i serve him but a familiar passage is john 16:33 it's in your notes it says this i've told you these things what things pd well he talked about a bunch of things that are tough about life that and this is my paraphrase but life's not a box of chocolates okay it could be really tough sometimes he says i've told you these things so that in me everybody say in me so that's about a relationship. It's not, it's not you're on his back and he's carrying you everywhere physically, but but relationally you're on his back and he's carrying in me. You may have peace. And it's not a peace like the world talks about. It's not peace where everything's perfect, circumstantially, peace like a pond. No, it's not peace like a pond. It's like the old song, peace, I got peace like a river. Deep down in my soul. So it's, it's different than that. It's, this can be crazy nuts all out here. But in here, I have peace. That comes only and is found only in relationship with God. Because he said, in this world, you'll have trouble. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to put that as a bumper sticker on my car and as a magnet on my refrigerator. That'll really pack out the church. Thank you for that. In this world, you'll have trouble. But he didn't tell us a lie. He told us the truth. But then he said, take heart. I've overcome the world. So God may want today to shine his light on a dark situation in your life. He may want to use a story. may want to use a movie, believe it or not. I would just say, let it happen. It could be that you're having in your life now, and undoubtedly many do because it's the most common breakdown, but a relational breakdown of some sort in your life, or as my son was saying earlier, some kind of financial dilemma where cyclical problems over and over again, it just seems like you can never get ahead, and there's more bills at the end of the month than money, and maybe it's a health concern, a literal one that you're facing right now. Maybe it's a fear about a health concern, which is very common as well. You might feel lonely or disconnected from others, or you might feel alone or disconnected from God and haven't felt God in your life ever. Or in a long time, as a result, you can feel kind of hollow or even empty inside. You may have suffered a loss, and this is a, a real tough one. and You feel like you can't recover. It's whatever it is, I submit to you, it's that's your tsunami. That's your tidal wave. And in all those cases, Jesus said this to all of us. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. Let me, let, let's roll the next clip and uh, see what comes next. Take a deep breath. It's intense. Um, just remember that happened. That really happened. It's a little different than some movies we watch that actually happened. Um, amazingly enough, um, I won't embarrass this person, but I have a new friend who was actually there in this storm, who's in this service today. This is this is true. This happened. Uh, a husband and a wife, Henry and Maria, and three sons somehow survived miraculously this storm, which should have been, again, and we saw in the beginning, a dream vacation. You know, the, we have these plans. We have these ideas of how things are going to go, and then something happens. Some Something something, hurls us into a different direction, and so this storm hits hits Thailand and, and, and is devastating because of a, a, what was a dream vacation turns into a nightmare because of an earthquake that basically ripples and cripples you know many coastlines and 100 foot high massive tidal waves come over uh these beaches and 230,000 people die in 14 different countries and you just kind of have to you know pause for effect but what what would you what would you do what would you be thinking in those moments if you were the boy or the mom hanging onto that tree i mean What would would surface in you under that kind of adversity, and in situations like this, maybe not nearly as dramatic, and probably not nearly as perilous, I'm sure. I want to submit to you something in the middle of that. I want to cut right into, like a knife, into that, and just say we all still have, in those horrible situations, a choice. We still have choices. And what we're going to do, and how we're going to behave, and how we're going to respond, and and I and I just want you to write something down. I think it's in your notes, but I pray that you remember this, and I more importantly, I pray that you adopt this principle, and that it becomes, uh, it's grafted to who you are, because you're going to need it. When your tsunami hits, and this is it's 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 gonna it's it's nothing major, but don't confuse life with God. Don't confuse. Life with God. And think about this as, as you as you watch yourself and as you watch others who go through tsunamis in their life, we, we sometimes do confuse life with God. Believe it or not, actually, God uses life. He didn't cause the things that are happening in this life, but he uses life to bring us actually to real life. To real life. I'll explain. I'll try to anyway in a short period of time. Some people will say things like, you know, why? How could some? We point our finger at God, and, and and sometimes we we do a Bruce Almighty, you know, and say, you know, why is this happening? You know, smite me, Almighty Smiter, you know, like Bruce Almighty said, you know, somebody. That's a very profound movie, but why, why, Lord, do you do such things? You know, why do you allow such things to happen? And how could you? How could you let this happen? How could you? He didn't cause it. I want you to know that. It is fair to say he did allow those things to happen, but that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt him and then it doesn't hurt him that it's hurting you he hurts for you and there's scriptures that attest to this and stories that we could talk about in other situations but i will tell you this for the sake of time and for the sake of really helping people that he takes tragic circumstances and he turns them around he does something miraculous in them to the people that don't confuse life with god and, and interestingly enough um in Job chapter 36, verse 15, this is, a, this is an interesting scripture. It says this. It says, but by means of their suffering, he, God, rescues those who suffer. Who rescues us? God rescues us. And then it says, for he gets their attention through adversity. Sometimes the, the lessons, that we, the biggest lessons we learn are amidst adversity, not amidst, you know, party and fun and frivolity and all kinds of great stuff going our way. Listen, you, you may not realize or even believe this, but I'm telling you, it's true, his preoccupation is you and me. He's thinking about us all the time. He's actually trying, if we are away from him, disconnected from him or lost, he's trying to do everything he can, orchestrate, not, not um, initiate, but orchestrate things to bring us back to him and unite us to him. And amidst this crazy life, in Acts chapter 17, it's not in your notes, verse 24, somewhere around there. He basically says he, 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 he puts you in this certain place in this time, in this season, in this area, all this, so that perhaps you would reach out for him because you have a choice. Though he's not far from any one of us. He's actually right alongside us. Now, you're on the other side of faith, and you know when you look back before faith, you know that in retrospect, hindsight's twenty twenty. You can see how he was there all along, but on the other side, you couldn't see that required faith. And it stinks that there's adversity in life in tough situations like this. But Psalms 34 tells us that many of the afflictions are the righteous. He tells us that. But the Lord delivers us out of them all. It's a cursed world we live in. There's no doubt. And so remember, he, doesn't, he didn't cause the problems, but he is trying to cure them currently and ultimately he wants to do something to help you through them now but he wants to do something ultimately it's going to fix them for everybody in an ultimate sense in fact this is kind of way more information than we can really unpack today but they're they're different there's suffering in the world there's different types of suffering what is the what, what is the deal with all this suffering i think sometimes we suffer because of our what's called consequential suffering sometimes we suffer because of our own choices that makes sense to us i did something wrong there's a consequence for that don't touch the oven you touch the oven you burn your hand consequential suffering makes sense then there's there's christian suffering this one doesn't happen that much in our country today but in other parts of the world it does where you suffer just simply by association you suffer for the name of christ there were times and their seasons and even places in the world today where if you were to be baptized publicly as a christ follower you'd be ridiculed whereas here you can get baptized and everybody's doing cartwheels and back handsprings down the aisles So we, but there is those types of suffering. The suffering that we like the least and that we don't understand the most is common suffering. It's suffering because we live in a cursed world because of the fall of man. Because because God created a perfect perfect world. Let's face it, the garden was perfect. There's two people in the garden naked. I mean, how could it get better? It was awesome. Everybody wants that. (laughs) Naked babies, free food. It was awesome. But because of man's choice, he exercised his free will to choose a different path than what God intended for him, then it has caused a ripple and crippling effect on our world as we go forward. And we're facing some of those consequences today that he'll ultimately rectify. Now, you don't have to believe that, and that's okay if you don't, but I, I believe it. And I believe that's why sometimes these things happen. And, and what's going on in this next scene I want to show you is, is kind of a counterintuitive counter secret to life amidst, Difficult circumstances and tsunamis in our life. Let's look and see what Maria was trying to teach her son Lucas in this next clip.
1: tree there, the big one. Do you think we can climb it? Nothing we can do. Wait. We are almost there. We have to get to safety. No, we have to help that boy. Mum, if another wave catches us down here, we will die. We have to climb that tree right now. Come on. Where are you? Mum, look at you. We need help. You cannot risk it. You can't risk it, Mum. Come on. Listen. What if that boy... With Simon or Thomas. What if they needed help? You'd want someone to help them, wouldn't you? Simon and Thomas are dead!
0: some point in our life, we're all going to be struck by an unexpected storm. We never plan for storms. And it hopefully won't be a tsunami, a little tsunami, but it, it will be your tsunami. It, be, it, it could be a job loss. It could be, uh, you know, many things we've talked about before. A, a child who kind of goes their own way. a a relational problem whatever the bible says it rains on the just and the unjust that means rain is not like you know oh happy day rain you know like cool me off rain it's it's talking about you can't kind of avoid the raindrops and tiptoe around them you're going to get hit by some of these difficult situations in fact you're either entering a storm you're actually either engaged in a storm or you're coming out of a storm how many like coming out of the storm Come on, somebody! When you're coming out of the storm, man, is it so much better when you're coming out of it? The question is, when those days hit, like, where do you turn, and what you know? What do you do under those kind of situations? Because when the storm hits, it's this is so our default as human beings. But we are incredibly prone to look inward. We're incredibly prone in situations like this to to not take any risks that would in any way affect our chances of survival. In fact, that's the common mode of life is survival mode. Uh, some of us aspire to another level, which the world kind of touts and, and, and taunts us with, and that is success mode, like just have more, do more, you know, uh, possessions and power and pleasure and all that. But God has called us to significance mode. It's a higher level of living where we look outside of ourselves to the needs of others, even amidst our own storm and even amidst our own tsunamis in life. Are you tracking with me? And she says to her son, with something that I think should be a Christian ethic for us, and more importantly, a practice for us, even if it's the last thing we do, Lucas, we're going to help that little boy. And you all have people in your life that are like that little boy they're screaming and they're, they're off in the distance and we can quickly just turn the volume down and focus on ourselves or we can turn the volume up and go closer to that need and meet that need amidst our own situations and amidst our own circumstances and truthfully there are few people who live like this but the few who do are living at a higher order of being one of the most important spiritual truths or practices you'll ever learn is that God wants to use you to help others even when you're going through a difficult time It's a secret to life. I hope you catch it. I just met a woman at the door. She said to me at the end of the first service, she said, that was the most powerful service I've ever been in in my life. But I want to introduce you to someone who's been that person to me. And she introduced me to one of my dream team, Vicki Prince, wherever she is. She said she has storms in her life, but she's constantly reaching out and trying to help me. And I can tell you, that's why Vicki and Tom are healthy. That's why they're overcoming some of their problems, because they're not trying to fix their problems for the rest of their life before they do anything for someone else's life. Many of you are sinking in a tsunami of problems, and they're hitting you wave after wave, but in order to overcome, you got to get outside of that mode of living. Say, I don't have any problems. You will. You will. You're either going to enter one, you're in one, or you're coming out of one. That's what I love about Connect I love about church life is because you can be a part of something bigger than yourself to help more problems that are bigger than you. Dream Team and small groups. I love that about Dream Team. I love about small groups because they're just real people getting together, gathering with real issues. We're like the perfect church, we say, for imperfect people. Where we're just working through that kind of stuff together in our difficult times. I think this is your notes, but God wants to shine light in our darkness and then use us, everybody say use me, Say it again like you mean it. Use me to be the light to the world, to comfort others who need help. I say it this way. We are Jesus with skin on. We are Jesus with skin on. I need to touch someone. I need someone to touch me. I need, I need to know that I can talk to someone and connect with someone. In this next clip, Maria and her son Lucas have another decision to make because this is what can happen when you decide to do something like that. Things can sometimes initially go from bad to worse. That's right, I need to do that. That's a good point. I need to, and you start doing that and then your situation suddenly gets worse and you're gonna have another choice. Will you focus on surviving and taking care of yourselves or will you look beyond your own needs? Check out this next clip and see what mom does with Lucas again.
1: Have you
2: seen them, Benström?
1: Okay, calm down. I will help you. Okay.
2: Uh, I, uh, I, I, actor, Morton, Joseph. I'll try and help you.
1: Okay. Okay. Actor okay. Benström. Actor Benström. Are you, are you Joseph Benström, or Morton Benström? Morton Benström? Mm. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm looking
2: for my my son. Your son? Uh, Peter Berry. Yes, yeah, he'll be wondering where I am. Okay.
1: Peter Berry. Morty Benstrom, no? Agda Benstrom. Peter Berry. Joseph. Anna Marie? i it my daughter, go Anna Marie de Brown. Sorry, what's your name again? Anna Marie de Brown. Anyone?
2: Renata Castorini.
1: Tatiana, Tatiana Cherneshov. Helene Bat-Helene. bat Joseph Benstrom. Anyone? Sank Sachs. Actor Benstrom. Uh, Bernetta Castellini. Kim Erich Baumann. Bauman. 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 Sansani. On <tose> D. D. Sandra. 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 Sandra Williams. Dean. Dean. Morten Benstrom? Morten Benstrom from Sweden. I know your dad. Papa? Yeah, your papa. He's here. I'll bring him here, okay? Yes. No, no, no. You need to stay here. Okay? I will bring your papa here. Okay? No! No, no you have to stay no, you... here. You have to stay here because it's a very long way and you have to rest, okay? 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 <laughs>
0: priceless. I love Maria's direction to her son. Go and help people. You're good at it. I think that should be the heart cry of a church, is to go and help people, because we're good at it. Let's do everything we can to be the light to the world. You know that's actually what the church is called to be. Those of you who are sitting in the seat, you're called to be the light to the world, to reach out to those who are hurting, to reach out to those who are disconnected, disenfranchised, divided from their father and from their family. Some of you are here today, and maybe you need to be on the receiving end of that. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe you need to be connected. Please come you know, to one of our growth track classes. Let us help you with that. or be, let, let the elders pray for you after church today and help you with that. But in some cases, and more often not, there are people here I believe, who need to make a decision to find someone who's going through a storm and help them. Think about it for a second. Who in your sphere of influence needs to be reunited to God, God's family, godly people? Who, who can you be an instrument in saving? You don't save them, but you're an instrument. You're part of the process for them. What's interesting about this young boy Lucas is he's com- he's disconnected from his family and yet he's reuniting a family and he finds joy in that. There's a secret in there. What can you do to help someone who's in need? Mom said, just do something, anything, anything. The boy is in that place and he just does what she says. And I think some of the greatest miracles in my life and and, and made greatest moments of significance, I guess, in my life, actually have come when I applied this counterintuitive wisdom. In other words, some of the most amazing things happened when I was in my own crisis, maritally, family, personally, physically, and it was in that moment, in those moments, where we reached out and helped other people and sought out others and, and prayed for others and all kinds of things like that, where the greatest miracles took place. There's something to be said about that, so I'm saying it. What can you do specifically? What? Let's be real. You can you can pray for people. Well, that's easy. You can pray for people personally, though, too. You can you can stop and ask if you can pray for someone. You can encourage those who are down. You know, this may seem so small, but I just want to highlight something for a second. This is my story. You have your own stories, uh, and so I, we all can't share our stories this morning. But I, I have, a, I have a friend. He's in this church, and 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 he's going through a tough time, and and. We, we just connected and met, and, and his circumstances are really, really tough, you know, and he, he's got some things he's got to overcome, and, but he's hurting. He was hurting, you know, and so he left this meeting, and, and later on, I, I, I'm driving and i driving, and I just, he comes on my heart, and, and you all have these things happen to you, and we turn the volume down, or we turn it up and do something about it, and I just Pulled over, and I got on my phone, and I have this app. It's called Voxer, and I, I left in this audio message. And just, I can't remember everything I said, but I just said, man, I just want you to know, I don't just love you like in, as a brother in Christ, but I like you, man. You're a good man. You know. And I know, I know it's tough right now. I know what you're going through is really difficult, and, but I believe in you. I think you're going to overcome this. I think there's a great story on the end. Of this. I don't know how it's going to happen. It's going to take a miracle, but I just want you to know I got your back. And I just left it like that. And what I didn't know is he was actually running at that moment. He was jogging and because he was so stressed out. He had to just like do something to kind of unravel his emotions. And I guess it was playing live. And, and he heard it and he, and he boxed right back and he just said, he said, Petey, tears are just pouring down my face because I, I, I don't know if you know how bad I needed to hear that. I needed to be encouraged. It, it, I'm going, you know, I needed to be built up and and thank you, my friend. Thank you, D. Thank you pastor, that meant the world to me. And I'm saying that because you can do something like that. Anybody can do something like that. You can listen to those who feel alone. You can send a note to those, you know, to someone and just let them know you care. You you can't do everything, but you can do something. And I just want you to know it matters. It makes a difference. It actually might be a life and death situation for someone in an ultimate sense. And you may not be able to help everyone, but you can do something for someone. and, and, And they're all around you all the time. And I pray that you can see it. Now in this movie, I want you probably want to know where the rest of the family is. and so let's take a look and see what's going on with the father and his other two sons in this next clip.
2: What happened was very serious, Thomas.
1: Not Mama Lucas. Right. No, I didn't see them. I burnt my feet on the roof. It was really hot and everyone was leaving.
2: Oh.
1: Can we leave yet?
2: I need you to um I need you to do me a favor, Thomas. I've heard that everyone's going to the mountains, you see, to a shelter where it's really safe. But I can't go with you. You can't leave us alone again, Dad. I I have to keep looking for them, you see. You have to look after Simon. No, stay with
1: us. I, I can't look. I've never looked after someone before. I'm
2: scared. I know, I know. I'm scared too. But do you know, do you know the most scary bit for me? And the water hit? No. After that, when I came up, and that was all on my own. That was the scariest part. And then I saw the two of you clinging to the tree, and I... I didn't feel so scared anymore because I knew I wasn't on my own, you see? Well, what if Mummy and Lucas are on their own right now, hmm? imagine how scared they'll be we'll look for them together no thomas you have to look after simon and i'm gonna keep looking for them okay okay no you understand
0: the truth is if god is afraid of anything he's afraid a separation from us. You know, he, um, he's talking to his son here, and, and if you can even fathom what kind of a decision he has to make, you know, to leave his, his two younger boys to go find his, his wife and son. But that's, that's kind of the way God the Father is. He, he'll, he'll leave, you know, maybe what, what, those that are safe to go get those that are not safe and secure and look for them. Imagine having to make that kind of decision to give a seven-year-old that kind of responsibility. And a dad leaves those, that again, that are, that are gathered and, and they're going to be okay and they've got a place to go to help others because he has to go give that same comfort that he has with his boys right there and, and he feels compelled to make sure that that is available to his, the rest of his family. In fact, Second Corinthians tells us that, that he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. That's the point. When they're troubled, we'll be able to give them the same comfort we have been given. So he doesn't have that assurance. He doesn't have that knowledge. He's less afraid of the waves and the storms of life. God is way less preoccupied with preoccupied with the circumstances that oppose us. He's more preoccupied with being connected than anything. You know what? You and I both know people that are not safely connected to God and godly people in a godly place, and they desperately need to know his love, his grace, his mercy, his freedom relationship with him and so what can you do again we previously stated that pray for them reach out for them talk to them invite them to church when is the last time don't answer this out loud but when is the last time that you went out of your way to reach out for someone who is disconnected from god most christians don't most christians less than two percent christians even invite people to church So you say, P.D., why why should we do this? Why should we work so hard at something like that? Why do we continually have to reach out to more and more people? Isn't it okay just us, us four, no more? You know, The answer is simple because we can never stop searching for lost people because our Father never stopped searching and and, and reaching out for people like us as well when we were lost. God actually has a lost focus. He hasn't lost His focus. He has a lost focus. Honestly, the church sometimes has lost its focus. But God has a lost focus. He's preoccupied with that. The Bible's filled with stuff on this. In Luke 15, just one book in the Bible, there's just three stories there where you can see his preoccupation with that which is lost. If it's the 99 sheep, he's comfortable that he has them and he goes and looks for the one. If it's 10 coins, he's comfortable that there's nine, but he goes to find the one. If he has two sons, he's, he's okay with the one he has, but he goes out of his way looking and, and searching for and waiting for the prodigal to return. His preoccupation is that which is lost. And what's so powerful about this lost focus is that I think it puts God's favor on our lives. It's another part of kind of the secret sauce of Christianity. And this next scene, the dad continues his search, and he meets up with some people that are kind of in a similar situation. And a kind man offers him his phone. Check out this next scene.
2: Ryan? Yes, Henry, thank God. How are you, please? D- did you hear from anyone yet? No, Henry, you're the first to call. Is everybody all right? Henry? Maria and Lucas are not here. What do you, what do you mean, not there? Well, she came and swept everyone away. And I found, I found Thomas and Sarah <laughs> and Maria Lucas. I don't know what to do, I don't know where to look for. Them, really. Henry! Henry calm down. Henry? That's <laughs> right, I have to go because lots of people Henry. need to use this for a kid. I was calling it. Henry? Henry? <laughs> Henry? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Sorry. Thank you. What
1: do you want me to do? You can't leave it like that. Go on.
2: Come on. again look I promise you that I, I won't stop looking until I find them okay, okay. I don't know what I'm going to do because it, it's time now but I'll I'll look in all the hospitals and okay. I'll look at all the shelters and everything okay and I, I will find them I promise you that I'll call you when I do okay okay
1: okay Thanks. can I go with you
0: Is right so powerful so powerful you know uh, I'll never stop looking for them I'll never stop looking for them that's 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 father God that's his view of us what's so powerful and interesting is that uh, the dad's I just love this I love seeing a tender warrior you know a guy who just walked through the night uh, beaten and bloodied up no matter what all he can do is just go find his family and those that are gone and at the same time, he can unashamedly express his feelings and emotion and his, his love and his passion for his family, and just let it just—it just overwhelms him because he's so he's so in love with his family, and he's so vulnerable that while—and even in that vulnerability, which sometimes we think is a great risk, it actually is probably one of the wisest things that he did. But in his vulnerability, th- these people that are watching him, they overheard, you know, and they saw his heart for his family, and it evoked a response, you know, his vision for his family being united, and, and they were moved by it. I wrote this down, but maybe sometimes your, you know, your vision for something, your uh, view of something, you know, the thing that you're trying to communicate to, uh, to somebody else uh, is, is an invitation for God. Your view of something, sometimes your vision for something can be an invitation for God. It's it's like a that that it's an it's an opportunity for his intervention in your situation. Maybe you're the dad in the scene who, or, or maybe you're the guy who offered his phone, uh, who only had so much battery life in it, and and you had your idea of like there's only this much left, and if I use this, then I won't have it for myself. But he was willing to give it to someone else so they could reach someone else. I don't know who you are in that scene, but either one of those people we're, we should long to be because when most see our circumstances. Um, or circumstances like this, we just think game over. Just forget about it. It's like done. Like devastation. It's over. But I, I, I think somebody needs to hear this today, and I'm gonna park on it just for a second. But don't give up. You don't. You don't know what is happening behind the scenes when you don't give up. You don't know how. You know God is orchestrating something behind the scenes. God is with you, and so are we as a church. I want you to know that. The same is true when you're praying for someone, you know, maybe who's been lost and someone who's been disconnected and, and you feel like nothing's happening and, and you just get frustrated. I know what that's like. My wife and I got to rejoice a little bit last night, just saw, just saw a crack, you know, in something we've been praying about. And, and, and when you get discouraged and frustrated, don't give up. The Bible says in Luke 18:1 to pray and never give up. Come on, everybody say pray. And never give up. Pray for those people that that God's put in your heart and keep reaching out to them. Galatians tells us, it offers us this encouragement. I could use some sometimes. I think you could too. It says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. For at just the right time, just the right time, we will reap a harvest if what? We do not give up. There's this tendency in all of us to just kind of surrender and to give up. God doesn't want us to get up. Whatever you do, whatever you're going through, I want to encourage you not to give up. God's view of us in our situation when we're away should be our view of people when they're away. God's view of people when they've gone, we all like sheep have gone astray. What's the Father's view of us when we've wandered off? Well, I told you what it's like. We saw it in Luke chapter 15, how he views us. He cares about us, that which is lost. And so we got to get to the place where we stop running from him, but we start running to him. And you know that when you're separated from him, there is that default to run away from him, but we got to run to God. Amen? Because he's searching for us the father is out there day and night searching for those who are lost and we are his hands and feet extended and should do the same and when we do powerful things happen because his ultimate plan is to reunite us let me let's look at this like this last scene as we conclude today's message <laughs>
3: Okay, we go now. picture
0: of uh, God's ultimate plan, what he wants. It's not about circumstances and storms. It's about that. It's about being together. And for all you people who are going to want to know and ask me at the door, the mother's in the hospital and she's fine and I'll be together. I just want to eliminate some of those exit conversations. What about the mom? What about the mom? It's all right. They're all together. I just couldn't show you that clip. But th- th- this is a picture, though, of, of God's God's plan. This is what he wants for our future. This is the heart of the Father towards us. Just to be together. And he'll do anything to be with his kids. Anything. He possibly can. He already did everything in many respects. It's done. My prayer is that the emotion of this movie will do more than just give you the sniffles and you just walk out and <clears throat> abuse our Kleenex boxes. But that that it will move you to care deeply and see more clearly those who do not have that, those who do not know what that feels like, and that you'll be compelled to action, maybe even while you're going through a little bit of a storm yourself. I want to encourage you to get them to church next week. How about be a Lucas in life this week for someone else? And reach out and help unite some people. What would that do for them? And I submit to you, what would it do for you? Next week's gonna be powerful, and the week after that, and the week after that. That's what church is all about, is to help do this over and over and over again. And I'm hoping, and I'm praying, and I'm believing that you realize this. There's a couple of quotes in your notes, but that your highest calling isn't to have fun or to be rich or to accumulate things, but to make a difference in the world, to live at a significance level. God wants you to catch that to be a light and let your light shine before men that may see your good deeds on the earth. And one day you might realize that the most important thing you do is not, you know, even what you do, but those you helped change, those whose lives you helped to see change. You're the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine, Connect Community Church. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I'd like to pray for you if you just close your eyes and bow your heads, honoring the person to your right or to your left, giving them a moment, you know, a quiet moment, a a moment without interruption, a moment without inhibition. Maybe you're here today and you're going through a storm. I just am asking that if it hasn't happened already that God shine his light on your life and let you know that he's there. He's there in the middle of your storm and he's provided for you some secrets to life on how to overcome and how to get through this storm that you're facing in your life right now. And I thank you for shining your light on people's hearts right now and I pray that you draw them to that light. Maybe you're here today and you know that you've been lost and you just didn't want to admit it. You need to be rescued. Nobody gets rescued that doesn't realize they're drowning. And if you're here today and you know that you need to be rescued by God. You're not united with Him personally and intimately and you want to be. It's never happened for you before. It's a step of faith. It's a decision of your free will. You have this incredibly it's, it's so powerful and yet so perilous. Muscle called choice. And your life change starts with a choice. And it can happen right here if you really mean it from your heart. You can give your life over to Jesus. You can surrender, and you can stick your arm up, and you can just say, take me out of this tsunami in my life, Lord Jesus. I'm calling upon you. Save me. Rescue me. If that's you, would you raise your hand good and high and just say, that's me. Pray for me. Good and high, because you mean it. You need God to see it all over the room, all over the room, all these hands. Lord, I pray that you rescue them. You save them. They're calling upon you, God. You see their heart. You see their intentions. Lord, I pray that you direct their steps as they call upon the name of the Lord. I pray that they be saved. Just you can put your hand down. And you, I want you to pray with me. All those you raise your hand, and those of you who are in the house, Lord, have done this before. Say, Jesus, rescue me, save me. I'm in a storm. I realize I can't save myself. I need you to save me. Come into my life. In me, Jesus said, you can find peace. And I pray that, Lord, I pray, Lord, that I find peace in my relationship with you and only you in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, every person that called upon the name of the Lord in accordance with your word, there is therefore now no no salvation is found in no one else but Christ. No other name given among men whereby we must be saved. It's Christ. Lord, these people have called upon you and I pray that you rescue them from their circumstances and situation, but more importantly, that you rescue them from their eternal separation. They are connected to you now. They'll be with you forever because of a decision they made of their own free will, and for that we rejoice, for that we are glad, for that we thank God from the bottom of our heart, and from our mouth we express it with praise. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap for everybody who called upon the name of the Lord. Thank you very much. Love you guys. Come on, Dave. Awesome day.
3: Hey guys, uh, just a reminder, uh, one thing this house does is uh, we have something called a lifesavers. We have those in the back, right on those little cubbies back there. And this is a great reminder for uh, just people. Those lifesavers represent a person and somebody maybe you're praying for or expecting uh, God to bring to this house or to Jesus or or to whatever it is they're healing. Um, So if you want to just go ahead and grab one on the way out, if you want to have it represent somebody you're praying for, I just believe it's powerful. It's uh, worked for a lot of us here, and uh, that's just a little thing. Um, that we do. And then lastly, uh, for two announcements I got is, uh, if you got your connection card, we would love to get connected with you. If you don't have or never filled this out before, we would love for you to get and fill this out so that we can get more acquainted with you. And this church is going to take care of you. Um, on the back side of that, if you just flip it over, there's some prayer requests and you can submit that in the connection box in the back of the auditorium. And we also have a prayer ministry up at the front here at the conclusion of the service. And then uh, we also have our C101 class tonight, which is our spiritual family class at 5.30 tonight downstairs in the lower auditorium. Um, we have free food uh, for all those who are hungry and uh, question about that. But it's also a great time for uh, kind of fellowship and just seeing what this church is all about. So if you're interested in that, uh, 5.30 tonight in the lower auditorium, right? You guys enjoy that? You get something out of it? Awesome. You guys are now dismissed. God bless. Have an incredible Sunday.